You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show on Big Blue View Radio, your go-to source for New York Giants analysis. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Plum after the Giants' loss to the Los Angeles Rams. Giants currently sitting at 0-4 on the season after falling 17-9, a game that the Giants hung around seemingly forever in. And this Rams team did not look anything like we had expected. A team that runs a lot of play action, a team that runs the ball very effectively, and also statistically was one of the best in the NFL. They did none of the things that we spoke about in our pregame show and for some reason completely reverted away from their entire game plan. That is what kept the Giants in so close. And for some reason, Chris, we can't entirely pinpoint it right now. I think we'll be able to properly pinpoint it a little bit better after we watch some tape it just seems like this Rams offense did not have the same identity that it's had early on this season and also in its success in previous years yeah that that is something I'm we are definitely gonna have to go back to the tape and you know really watch this especially once the all 22 finally comes out which eh, the NFL hasn't exactly been prompt with that this year but that's maybe another rant for a longer show. For some reason, the Rams, other than their first drive, parts of their second drive, and then their second to last drive, they did not run the offense we both saw during our week of film study. You know, they were they really were not doing a lot to manipulate or misdirect or slow down the Giants' defense. And you know, I, I don't want to take anything away from the defense, and we are definitely going to be giving them their props. It really felt like the Giants were playing against a preseason offense from the Rams. You know, they did a good job of defending what was given to them, but it seemed like the Rams didn't bring their A game. And frankly, despite this game being a loss for the Giants and them falling to 0-4, there are still some pretty positive takeaways that we can discuss before we get to that stuff We do have to acknowledge any negatives from a loss from a game that the Giants were actually almost close to tying up in the final drive after Daniel Jones was just a little bit too reckless with his ball placement and he was intercepted on what would be the final offensive play. So another game of no touchdown passes for Daniel Jones. And for me, Chris, a huge thing that I think really hurt this this Giants offense during the game was not capitalizing on that early turnover and getting points out of that. And then also anytime that they were in position to score three straight times, they kicked field goals. There was not 
uh, enough of a, a sense of urgency to capitalize on positions to score. And that just seems to be the same thing over and over again that we say, say each week that they are not scoring and efficiently operating in the red zone, which is keeping them from staying closer in games that they could possibly be winning. Yeah, somehow the Giants only have three touchdowns in four games. You know, their red zone offense, their scoring offense just is not there right now. And you know, they had their opportunities, but it seemed like the Rams defense was able to stiffen up, uh, keep them out of the end zone, or the Giants execution failed them. You know, fortunately Graham Gano's leg did not. This team just needs to figure out a way to get in the end zone. Exactly. They need to find a way to actually finish off these drives. And it seems like the last two seasons we've been saying that about this Giants team. At some point, things do really need to start to fall into place. It seems like a lot of the same types of plays are being called. They're not working. There needs to be some form of a variation in the approach to getting the ball into the end zone if what's currently working is not working, is not getting the job done. The other thing for me, Chris, too, that I think really halted the Giants' progress in this game and ultimately kept them out of it when they could have pushed the, the, the pedal to the floor, if you will, is that they started flat yet again. And what I mean by is it was a, a very lackluster first offensive drive, and then the Rams' offense had their way with the Giants' defense very actively moving the ball down the field. There were no plays of slowing them down, and they scored a touchdown on that first offensive drive for them. So because they came out flat, despite them playing very well for the remaining three quarters, they still had to play from behind. They still had to play catch up the entire game. For once, if the Giants start out with the ball, or even if they're on defense, they need to find a way to start hot. And I know that sounds like such a, a simple coaching um, phrase, but if you're not coming out with enough energy, you're not going to be able to ride momentum to put you in a position to win. Instead, they, they played well, but they were playing from behind and trying to play catch up. Yeah, uh, again, uh, the Giants have spent most of the season playing from behind. Yet part of it, I think, was their pass protection, especially early in the game. They couldn't slow down the Rams' pass rush at all. Uh, Daniel Jones was sacked four times in the first half. Most of that came in the first quarter. It seemed like any time he was dropping back to pass, if he didn't get the ball out, basically as soon as he caught it on a shotgun snap, there was a Rams defender in his face, and he was going to wind up on the ground. There was one of the sacks very early on. He was lucky the Rams didn't wind up with the ball. Uh, he fumbled it, and really the only reason he was able to recover it was that Aaron Donald turned to the right as he got up instead of turned to the left because he was right there to pick it up. Those pass protection issues, they showed up again towards the end of the game. Once the Giants were able to get them fixed, switched to a, a very quick passing game. Uh, one thing I noticed was that on Jones's completions, he only averaged three air yards. The ball only traveled three yards in the air on his completions, you know, on average. And I think that is also the other part of it. So if they tried to attempt anything further, any more valuable throws, he was getting hit. So they had to rely on that really quick passing attack. And the problem with that is it's it's easy for the defense to play downhill against those. And the Giants just kind of made it a little bit too easy 
on the Rams defense to absorb their offense. So there were some key positives that we can build off of for this Giants disappointing loss. We're going to get to those very quickly. Before we do so, though, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. Chris, I have to say, you do have to give a ton of credit to the Giants' defense in this game. They did something that we talked about as being a very difficult task. We spoke on how not many coaches can effectively slow down this Rams offense if they're firing on all cylinders and building momentum in various games. Well, the Giants managed to do that. Patrick Graham managed to slow down an offense from doing what their intended game plan is, which is, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, running a lot of play action, running a lot of play fakes, trying to use misdirection to confuse a defense. Instead, they forced the Rams' offense to revert to a a simplistic different style of offense that is completely different from what they're actually used to doing. And I'm going to keep saying this every single game, Chris. This Giants defense and Patrick Graham are very underrated. They're better than people want to give them credit for. They can go and play very well against an offense that was statistically one of the best rushing teams in the league and almost completely shut down their rushing attack. That is something that is very, very strong and something that the Giants can continue to build on going forward in the future if they add the right pieces. Yes. Yeah. Like I said in the first half, I don't want to take anything away from the Giants defense. And maybe when we go back, watch the tape, we'll be able to pick out things that the Giants did schematically that maybe didn't show up on the TV angle that took the Rams out of their normal offensive scheme. You know, for some for some reason, they stopped with the jet motion. They stopped with the bootleg rollouts. They made very little use of play action passing. Uh, yeah, they didn't have the creative and aggressive screen game that we saw in our week of film study. Yeah, you know, maybe the Giants did something to take them out of that. But the one thing I will absolutely give the Giants kudos for is what the Rams did, the Giants defended it well. Uh, Yeah, I am well known as Dalvin Tomlinson's biggest fan, and I have to say, he played himself an excellent game. Two passes defensed by my count. He had a great great stop on one of those screens the ran... uh, One of the screens the Rams ran. That's a bit of a tongue twister. Right close to the goal line when they had the ball with a first and goal from the five-yard line, Giants got the stop. Those are the kinds of plays the Giants can build on. You know, even if it wasn't the type of high-octane offense, the very tricky-to-figure-out offense we have seen from Sean McVay, what they did, the Giants played it well, and that's something they can carry with them into next week. Right. What we saw is that they were attacking the running game. They weren't allowing them to establish the type of consistency running the ball that they're used to and that forced them to switch to a a different style of offense you saw a lot more just straight dropbacks from Jared Goff which we talked about as being a major weakness for Goff in this in this Rams offense if you force him to do that they do not move as effectively and they did not have as an effective of an offensive outing against a team that I think a lot of people assumed the Rams were going to blow out. The other thing, too, they really attacked a lot of their screens. They did not allow much 
forward progression on any of these screens and they completely sniffed them out. And that was another big key for them if they wanted to have a good defensive day. And I, I will continue to support Patrick Graham and say that this defense is better than it deserves credit for. They looked very bad against the 49ers because they were on the field the entirety of the game. If it's a little bit more balanced, you're going to get performances like that. Now we just need Daniel Jones and Jason Garrett to get into a better rhythm so they're not scoring nine points a game against a team that uh, has a very good defense. Chris, the last thing here, and I think it helped for the Giants to score some of the points that they did, was their ability to run the ball a bit more effectively. It's not like it was a, a tremendous output, but it was a lot better than what we've seen in the previous three games. We saw 25 rushing attempts, some good touches from Devonta Freeman and Wayne Gallman, some big chunk yardage. I can't entirely pinpoint what the reasoning behind things working better, but a big reason why has to be the Rams running lighter boxes to force Daniel Jones into tougher situations, and Garrett finally took advantage of that. After the game, going to the NFL Next Gen stats, Devonta Freeman was the only Giants running back with enough touches to qualify for their uh list of running back stats their cutoff is 10 attempts he had 11 but none of his attempts came against a heavy box uh one thing i noticed when the when wayne gallman started breaking off runs uh, he had six carries averaged seven and a half yards a carry by the end of the game but i noticed the rams were, were fielding a lot of six-man boxes they were daring the giants to run and the giants finally took advantage of it. Part of that was definitely because the score was so close. You know, the Giants were able to run. They didn't have to try to sprint down the field and throw 40 or 50 passes a game to try to make up ground. They were playing from behind, but it wasn't that far behind. It was only one score. And that let them take advantage of those light boxes. And they finally got some traction on the ground. That certainly was a huge positive for me that there was a little bit of, of traction that they were able to actually run the ball when they needed it to work. The big chunk play by Wayne Gallman was something that we hadn't seen in the previous three games. So hopefully there is a bit more of a commitment to doing that early instead of more so in the third quarter was when a lot of those rushing attempts and those big chunk rushing yards came. It needs to start coming in the first and second quarter if they want to stay closer and be more productive on offense that's going to be it for this quick take show folks thank you for tuning in as always be sure to follow us on social media you can follow me at joe DeLeon. you can follow chris at raptor mkii and also follow big blue view at big blue view and head to bigblueview.com we'll be coming out with a full film breakdown as we typically do typically do stay tuned for that Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. 
So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.